So we're in, in this series on how did Jesus, how did Jesus, how did Jesus handle forgiveness? How did you, you should have got an email this weekend about the different topics where you can invite your friends. And this is Jesus on the street. This is Jesus in real life. What did he do in real life? And, and, and we're talking specifically about today and, and forgiveness. I remember when, uh, when Cole was, Cole was probably about, uh, two, two or three years old, and we're at a kind of a big family get-together on my mama's side. My mama had a bunch of brothers and sisters, so it's, uh, it's controlled chaos, you know, when we all get together at my, one of my aunt's house, and, and uh, Cole was just, he was walking good. I mean, he might have been three years old, and for whatever reason, they'd been playing in a creek, and he had this little inflatable deal, and it was a dinosaur. It looked like something out of Loch Ness, you know, it just this dragon-looking deal, and and uh, he's playing around, and, and then uh, his, his little cousin, Lily, uh, Lily comes up, and she decides she wants the, the dragon, and so she just takes it. And that was a brutal moment for me as a parent, because I'm like, hey, that's my son. I bought that dragon. You can't just take the dragon. Well, she took the dragon. And my, you know, I hadn't had a moment like that yet. You know, and my first thought was, I tell you what, son, you let the woman get away with this, you're going to do this your whole life, you know, but that was the first time that, that I, you know, and it's funny how when you're, when you're young and when you're small, it doesn't take long to you encounter like real life, right? Like real life. And, and, and this is, this is, uh, this is one of my all time, I love quotes. I could, I, I love quotes. I remember quotes and I remember the first time I ever heard Mike Tyson say this. He said, every man has a plan until you hit him in the mouth. All right. And, and let me tell you the context of that. He's not just being, a, he's not joking around. Here's what he was saying. And, and if you, if you ever listen to that interview, he was saying people would watch theory on how to fight Mike Tyson. They, they would watch film. They would do strategy. They would have all kinds of, of, of collaborative thoughts on how to fight Mike Tyson because nobody had ever seen anybody like Mike Tyson. When I was, you know, coming up through high school and in, in college and middle school, I mean, in, in, in grad school, you, you just, you never saw anybody fight like him. He just ran at people. Fights were over in like seven seconds. It, it, you know, I remember we, we all got together in seminary and put in, like, we had no money. We all put in like five dollars and like a hundred of us watched a pay-per-view fight one time, and it was over in like six seconds. He just came out, he ran at the guy, bam, and hit him. And, and, and so, you know, the, 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 the context of that quote was, you can watch all the theory you want to watch, and you can make all the strategy, and you can have your plans, but when you get hit in the mouth, you tend to forget all the tactical strategy of how things happen. I, I, I boxed, I had a very short illustrious career in boxing uh, and because uh, my, my bone density was such at the age of like 14 I'd been fighting 30 year olds and and uh, so you know but I remember the first time I stepped into the ring and Wade Anderson hit me and I was like hey he just hit me. he just hit me again he just hit me again and 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 I was like what what just happened you know and and all of a sudden you, you go into that fight-or-flight syndrome right and, and and I think that that forgiveness is a lot like that you know we, we talk a lot about the th you, you, listen, we can talk all day long about the theories of forgiveness. We can read books on forgiveness. We can read Jesus' words on forgiveness. But forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is real hard. Why, why do you think it's so difficult? Why do you think forgiveness is so difficult? I'll tell you why I think forgiveness is so difficult. It's really simple. The pain was real, and the pain had a face. Right? 
Forgiveness is hard because the pain was real. You felt it, and, 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 it had, and it had a name. It had a face. There's a story attached to it. So today I'm going to walk you through more of a street-level look on how do we go about forgiveness. You know, pastors are a lot of things. Uh, pastors are, we're part theologian. We're part church executive, we're, we're part preacher, we're, we're part spiritual guide. We, we wear a lot of different hats. But, but I'll tell you, the most used word about a pastor is a shepherd. We're not academics. We, we, we have academia in our background, but we're not academics by trade. Shepherds smell like sheep, and, and we walk with you. And I can think of no more street level, in the dirt, in the mud, on the pavement kind of thing than us together walking through. How do we forgive? Because it's real, real life. And the big question is not, do we understand forgiveness? It's, can we do it? Can you actually do it? Because it's hard. So let's define it. This is just Jason's definition, but I think it works. Forgiveness is letting go of the pain so that God can reign. In essence, forgiveness is letting go of the pain by choice so God can reign. Reign as in, not R-A-I-N, it's it's reign, reign over me, that he has full control over me. Forgiveness is a, a choice. It's letting go of the pain so that God can have full reign of my life. And, and I want to I talk to you this morning about not just how to forgive, There's probably a hundred different ways to do that. But I want to ask you a question. Have you ever thought, we all, listen, we all know that we should forgive. Have you ever thought about why it matters to God? Why does it actually matter to God that you do this? Well, let's turn to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Now, if you don't have a Bible, there's always, by the way, when you walk in, there's a cart. They're free for you. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's kind of toward the two-thirds of the way through the, close to the end of your Bible. If you're on a digital version, it's, I use the New American Standard. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. And, and Jesus has been talking about prayer, and then Peter walks up to him, and, and just kind of in Peter's way out of the blue, this is what Peter says, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Peter said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? Verse 21, Matthew 18, verse 21. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and then I forgive him? Up to seven times? I mean, it's a very liberal amount already. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, Jesus isn't talking about 490 times. It's not math. It's, it's, it's an overabundance that never, keeps stop, that never stops, if you will. And Jesus says, for this reason, in verse 23, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to set, settle the accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, One of the slaves that owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. By the way, there's a lot of historical discrepancy on how much a talent was. I can tell you, everybody agrees on it was a monumental sum of money. Monumental sum of money. In other words, it was more than he would ever acquire in a career. Okay? So he owed him. And he says, well, since he did not have the means to repay, 
the Lord commanded him, that is the, the, the master, commanded him to be sold. He was going to sell him along with his wife and his children. And, he, and he'd take that money and payment could be made. So the slave fell to the ground, verse 26 says, and he, and he prostrated himself before, the, before him saying, have patience with me. And, and I will repay you everything. And, and the master of the slave felt compassion. And he released him and he just forgave the debt. Can you imagine? Just, just like it never happened. Just, just like it never happened. But the slave went out and later in the day and he found one of his fellow slaves. Somebody had borrowed money from him. And he owed him a hundred denarii. So let, let, me, let me give you a modern day example. The, the slave who, who first bowed down to the, to the master owed him hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this guy owed him $10. Let's just give you a modern day example. And he seized him and he began to choke him. He literally puts his hands around his neck. Pay me back what you owe. And the fellow slave fell to the ground and he pleaded with him and he said, Have patience with me and I'll repay you. But he was unwilling, and he went, and he threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. The point of the story is this is absurd when you realize what just happened to the guy. So his fellow slaves saw it. They saw what had happened, verse 31 says, and they were deeply grieved, and they, they, it bothered him, it hurt him, and, and they came and they reported it to the master, all that had happened. So then he calls him in. And he says to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And the master moved with anger, handing him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed to him. Now here comes the heavy. You ready? My heavenly father will also do the same to you. If each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Boy, that doesn't go out on Instagram very much, does it? I mean, that's not one of those warm, feel good, the Lord has my back verses, right? No. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is, is letting go of the pain so that God can reign. So the question is, why? Why does forgiveness matter to God? And I, I, I put this in as simple a terms as I know how to put it this morning. Forgiveness reflects his character and his heart. Forgiveness reflects his heart and his character. That's why it matters to God. It matters to God because you are not who you used to be. Did you hear me? You are not. If you're in Christ, you are not who you used to be. In other words, when you ha we're going to use resentment as kind of the key term today. Resentment can mean a lot of things, but it's, it's holding on to a wrong done. It's bitterness. It's all that stuff that's not forgiving. We're going to use that as the contrast for a second. When you resent, you know what it does? When you hold on and harbor resentment, what it does is it's a marketing strategy for an old life that's now dead. It's, it's a marketing strategy for an old life that's now dead. That, that, that person doesn't exist anymore. So when you harbor resentment and when you harbor pain, you're actually going backward on the other side of the grave that you came out of. Does that make sense? You're going back in. And, 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 and really, what, what resentment and harboring pain does is, in, in effect, what this story is about is it's beneath you. It, it's beneath you. It's not a resurrected life. 
It's not embodying a resurrected life. I would even, now listen, I want to stop a second and tell you, look, there's kind of this sentiment in Christianity that, you know, a really good Christian would never get angry. That's not in here. Anger is a natural human emotion. You hear me? Anger is a natural human emotion. There are things that should make you angry. One of these days I'm going to preach on when Jesus went into the, into the temple with a bullwhip, kicking over tables and slapping people with that thing. You ever been hit with a whip? Good. You don't want to. It hurts. I don't know how to preach on that yet. That's a side of Jesus we don't talk about. There's, there's anger. Anger is real. Listen, anger is real, and anger is okay. It's what you do with it. It's where does it go? Where does it stay? When it goes into the marrow. And you know what happens when we get hurt? When you get, show me a person. You ever know anybody that's just mad all the time? They're just mad. I mean, it's like you thought they, they, they grew up weaned on dill pickle juice or something. They're just, they're just, they're just mad. They're sour. They're bitter. Why, why is that? Why, 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 why are they that way? You know why? They were hurt. When you're hurt, you know what anger is? Like recurring anger, unresolved anger. You know what that is? Anger, I've always said, is, is, is pain with an attitude. Show me a, a hurt person and I'll show you an angry person. So show me an angry person, and I'll show you a hurt person too. And, and so when you harbor resentment, what you end up doing, it's kind of like driving. Imagine driving down 65, going north to Nashville, or coming south back home. And it, it's like driving, but looking in the rearview mirror the whole time. That's what resentment is. And if you drive looking into the rearview mirror the whole time going forward, you know this isn't going to end well. Right? At best, you're going to be calling your insurance statement. I mean, insurance agent. And, and at worst, your family's going to be calling the undertaker when you drive with your eyes in the rearview mirror. And that's what happens. I, I will tell you, when, when it comes to reflecting God's heart and his character, I want to say something to you, friends. There's never a time, listen to me now, there's never a time, there's never a time when you are more like Jesus than when you forgive somebody. There's never a time when you're more like Jesus when you forgive, than when you forgive somebody. And it's hard. But anger is real. So when it comes to forgiving, forgiveness is letting go of the pain by choice. Letting go of the pain so God, God can reign. So that God can reign. So why else does it matter to God? I'll tell you why else it matters to God. It matters because forgiveness, this is going to sound funny to you for a minute. It protects other people's, the, uh, it, it, forgiveness protects other people he loves. Sorry. Forgiveness protects other people he loves. You say, well, well, well What? Well, I'm, I'm, in just a second, in just a minute, I'm going to show you a verse that's going to hurt your feelings. All right? Now, I didn't write it, so don't get mad at me. All right? But I'm going to tell you, every time, I, every time I find myself getting, you know, knotted up in my soul over somebody. You, you ever have those people that you could be having a great day, driving down the road, listening to a great song, and, and just the thought of them changes your mood? I'm not looking at anybody. All right? All right? You ever have that happen to you? Like just, or just the thought of that person changes your mood. And that can be 10 years ago. You hadn't seen them in a long time. Hey, we've all got those people. We've all got those people. But I want, to, I want you to look at this verse in Hebrews 12. Man, this is heavy. The writer of Hebrews says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up that is in you to cause trouble 
and defile many. Look at those last two words. When bitterness springs up in your heart, you're not just the one it poisons. It poisons the people around you. I want you to think back for a second. Think about people in your family. Think about people in your workplace that you know right now they're hurt or they're mad. Maybe they got passed up for a promotion. Maybe you didn't promote them. Maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe they had a divorce a couple of years ago. Maybe they were abused. Maybe, maybe nothing, nothing happened that you had anything to do with. But let me ask you something. Do you have to deal with them? Oh, yeah, on a daily basis, don't you? People that are hurt. You know what? People that are hurt hurt other people. People that are hurt hurt other people. Hurting people hurt people. Broken people break other people. When you drive, when you drive with your eyes in the rearview mirror focused on what happened to you, you're going to bump into stuff, right? You're going to bump it. You're going to crash into stuff. And there's other people on the other end of the things you crash into. Yeah, so you think this doesn't... Look, look at verse 31. The, the Bible says here that when the fellow... I thought this was interesting to match up with Hebrews 12. When the fellow slaves saw what had happened, it says they were deeply grieved. It hurt them. It set them back. It set them back. Like, Hold on a minute. What, isn't this the same guy? That just a few days ago, like was forgiven a debt he could possibly... Wait, what? That's inconsistent. That doesn't make sense. See, what happens is in, in, in verse 32, the master, you know what he calls him? He calls him wicked. He, he summons him to him. He says, hey, you wicked slave. I, I forgave all that. And, 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 you, you plead with me. You should have done the same thing. I've had mercy. He calls him wicked. Let me tell you something. Wicked, wicked is a condition. Wicked is a condition. You know what that tells me? It tells me that the slave never knew the heart of the master. He didn't know the heart of the master. Because you can't know the heart of the master and be wicked. Now you can be a sinner that still sins. I am a saint. The Bible calls me a saint that sins. Right? I'm a saint. Whether I, I don't always feel like a saint. Right? Just like we sang in the song. I may not feel God working. They may not see God. God's working. Same is true. I may not always act like a saint, but the Bible calls me, confers upon me a saint. I am a holy one of God. And so are you if you're in Christ. But you're not home yet. And sometimes you do stuff that indicates you're not home yet and proves that you need Jesus. Right? So, so what happens here? He didn't know the king's heart. But let me tell you something, friends. If you, the closer you get to Jesus, listen to me now. The closer you get to Jesus, you are not at home holding on to hate. You're not at home holding on to bitterness. You can't do it. You don't want to do it. Oh, you know you got it, but you don't want it. You got it, but you don't want it. And you have to get it out. You know why? The resurrected life has to get it out. Because there's a new inhabitor. This is way better preaching than you're letting on. There's a new inhabitor inside of you. You know? When, that's why people, when they drink a ton of alcohol, they vomit. This is gross. Why? Because your body's rejecting the poison. Saying, hey, moron. Not, you're going to die, you keep this up. Right? So you drink all that stuff and then it comes back. 
Listen, when that feeling of you as a saint of God and that bothering and that, that twisted up, man, you're like, no, why, why am I all twisted up about, about, about this person? What they did was real. I mean, it was real. I was there or I saw it happen to my sister. Or I, I watched it go through in my job or, I, you know, that, that boss, he, he, he undercut me or, or she manipulated things to make me look. Yeah, all that's real. But there's a nature inside of you that's saying, no, 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 no. But you came out of the grave. And so letting go of the pain is so that God can reign. Amen? Amen. So you got to be careful. Listen to me, friends. you got to be careful that old wounds do not cause new pain. Because old wounds will cause new pain. Things that people said about you when you were in high school. Things that your daddy said to you. That ex-husband that you had 15 years ago that hit you, literally, that was real. That was real. That person that put their hands on you when you said no, that was real. That was real. And you may have been a victim, but you listen to me. You don't have to be one. You don't have to keep being one. You don't have to keep being one. Forgiveness is letting go of the pain so God can reign. And, 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 and that, that leads me to tell you one more truth about why this matters to God. And I believe this is the core of all of it. Forgiveness allows me to be filled with his power. And that's a very simple statement. Try it sometime. That's a very simple statement. I work really hard all week long to put these things into the most simple form that I can. Forgiveness allows me to be filled with this power. So now, where do you get that from the story, Jason? Look in verse 34. The master was moved with anger, and he handed him over, the unforgiving person, he handed him over to the torturers that he should repay all that was owed him. So let's, let's look at what did he do? He cut him off. He cut him off. He said, you're not allowed to be here anymore. You know why? Because you, you, re- you don't represent me. Are you listening? You don't represent me. I mean, I, you, you act like you represent me, and you walk like you represent me, and you hang out with people that, you, that look like you don't represent me, and you're not allowed to be on the team anymore. That's a hard saying of Jesus. So, that, so this master, you know why? Because he never, he never knew the heart of the master. He did not know the true power of forgiveness. And that's why he couldn't forgive. He couldn't forgive because forgiveness had not, listen to me, forgiveness had not changed him. Mercy had not changed him. It was just a theory. See, you, you hear me say this all the time, and it's true. You can be around Christians, you can be around Jesus, but there's a difference between being around Jesus and being in Christ. There's a difference. So this guy is cut off. You know why it matters to God? I'll tell you. Well, for one thing, for one thing, it, it blocks worship. You, you, wanna, you, you ready to get your feelings hurt? I didn't write it. Watch this. Look at what Jesus says about worship. We just took up an offering a minute ago. We're going to take it up again, Zach. Hold on. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, oh no, and there you remember that your brother or your sister, that's anybody, has something against you, 
leave a gift in front of the altar. In other words, don't give it. You first go and be reconciled to them, then come back and give your gift. That's hard. That's hard. The scriptures are saying to you, Jesus is saying to you, I care more about you reconciling with people than you being able to play the role of a Pharisee, check the box, and say, did it. 10%. That's your Savior. He cares more about that. Now, he cares about your tithe. He actually said, you should have done both to the Pharisees. You should have had mercy and given the tithe. You should have done both. But you only did one. It blocks, it blocks worship. I'll tell you something else harboring resentment does. What is, what is harboring resentment? It is, letting, it is letting go of the pain so God can reign. Well, look at what Psalm 66 says. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Resentment blocks your prayers. But certainly God has heard and he's given heed to the voice of my prayer. You know what the context of Psalm 66 was? The context of Psalm 66 was that, that literally that, that David was confessing. That whole psalm's about confession. So he's saying, if I harbor things deep in my heart, the Lord will not hear. He, he will not hear. Now, why did this matter to the disciples? Why would Jesus be going into this whole discourse on forgiveness to Peter? Peter asking the question, why would he do that? I'll tell you why he would do it. Because in just a few m- months, maybe a few, maybe a year, year and a half from there, whenever this was written, it's only written in the context of about three months span. I mean, a three, three year span. So pretty soon, Jesus is going to go to the cross. Then he's going to go to the grave. He's going to come out of that grave to beat death. Then he's going to go ascend to heaven. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And then he's going to be gone. And the, the Spirit's going to move over the earth. But what's about to happen to the disciples? And what's about to happen to every other Christian? They're going to be sent out into a real world that is going to beat them and torture them and make them lose jobs and call them names. That world is going to do mean things to them. That world is going to be hard on them. That world is going to reject them. And they're going to be very, 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 very tempted to say bad people, evil people, mean people, don't want to be around those people. And those are the very people that they were sent to. You tracking with me? So you see, Jesus is telling them, you got to get this right. you got to get this right because the world is going to beat you up. And sometimes that same world, they're going to take your life, Stephen, Peter, Paul. They're going to put you in prison for my name's sake. John, I know what's going to happen to you. You don't yet, but I do. You see, they needed to know how to navigate life in a very, very hostile world. Forgiveness is a choice. Now, I want to say something to you. I have felt at times in my own life like forgiving somebody was basically the equivalent of saying, well, that just makes it okay what they did. And it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay. But what is forgiveness? It's choosing to let go of the pain so God can reign. Choosing to let go of the pain so that God can reign. And so in a second, I'm going to pray for you. 
And our ministers are going to stand up here and over in the chapel. They're going to stand up here. And I want to say something to you. You came in here this morning, and through the course of these last few minutes, people have come to your mind. Situations have come to your mind. Real situations. You don't have to tell us these situations. You don't. In fact, those stories may be long and have many layers. It's okay. But I do want to tell you this. If you want your life back, you can get it. If you want your heart back, you can get it. If you want God to have full reign, you know what you need to do? Take one step toward him. Let me tell you something I learned about forgiveness, and this is hard. This is hard. Forgiveness for me is, is decompression. It is, it's like a balloon that gets let air out. Just when, just when I think I've let that whole thing go, like six months later, I'm driving down the road, listening to a great song, their name comes up, and I'm like, oh, come on. Thought we were past this. And God's like, no, Jason. Just a little more. A little more. A little more. Something, listen, I've been in ministry a long time. And I've heard stories that just make you want to go to heaven and be done with it here. So I don't want to stand up here and be cavalier with, you should just forgive. Because some of the things that you have gone through have been unspeakable. And I don't want to be cavalier with that. But I want to say something to you, friend. That what God has for you is so much bigger than what happened back there. It's so much bigger than what happened back there. It's so much bigger. But you're never going to let God reign until you let go of the pain. you got to let go of the pain so that God can reign. And today, we're going to have an altar call. And I'm going to tell you something. There's some of you that are a little bit proud. You're good people, but you're a little bit proud. And you don't want anybody, not proud like, you know, like if I opened up my shirt, there's like awesome abs. Not that kind of proud. <laughs> not that kind of proud. No, you're, you just, you don't want anybody to know that you don't have it all together. And I'm telling you, nobody has it all together. Nobody. So take a step toward freedom today. And as you do that and let us pray with you, you know what you're doing, don't you? You're letting go of the pain so God can reign.